welcome everybody to Flickr Effect, episode 302. We're recording this on, wait, I'm thrown off, I was about to say Sunday, it's Tuesday, August 13th. I'm David Lotz, joining me this episode is Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. And Michelle Hiller. Hello, everyone. Bobby is out this week, uh, but... No, Bobby Jackson! No Bobby Jackson. No Bobby. Probably be back next episode, I am sure. But uh, we got we got things now. Uh, All right, I'm gonna get started off. It's my turn. Oh wow! Uh, So I'm not gonna go along with this because we've already talked about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge twice now. Because Yasha, you went there at Disneyland. Michelle, you went there here at Walt Disney World. And now I have been here at Walt Disney World. Uh, you and I, Michelle, we were able to both attend cast member previews because it's not open to the public yet here. I don't know what the official date is. It's sometime here at the end of the month. Either, actually. It's coming up soon. Probably before uh, Labor Day weekend, I bet you. I think it is. I th- I capitalize I, on that extra holiday day. Some, sometime in August, I think is what I saw the date, but. So, yeah, I went this past Friday. Um, I mean, yeah, you guys have already said it all, basically. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, it is, it's bigger than I think I expected, um, which is nice, because I feel like my expectation every time they've opened a new land recently in various parks has been, like, you imagine, you see pictures, so you start to kind of get a visual in your head of how those pictures kind of connect and lay out and then when you actually go there it's always like oh wow like that was quick and tiny and this one was like oh this was a decent size i i yeah. really liked how uh at least here at disney world you do feel very isolated from everything else like the even the entry into the area at least the entry that we were allowed to use the other one wasn't open yet but the entrance that they had us go through to get into the area even felt like you were going from one place like to another world and when i was in the galaxy's edge area i at least i mean i didn't overly analyze like looking around at the horizon trying to see other things but i don't remember seeing anything like i couldn't see other parts of the park i I didn't see other parts of walt disney world property you know, aside from occasionally seeing a plane maybe fly nearby, which doesn't actually happen very often over Disney World property. Uh, yeah, like you feel like you're cut off from the rest of the world, which is really nice because you don't get that a lot in the lands anymore. Um, and, you know, you've seen a million pictures of, you know, what the Millennium Falcon looks like in both versions of Galaxy's Edge. And it still doesn't do it justice until you see it like in person, like how big that is and just... The, how good of a job they do with the forced perspective of these kind of like rock formations that are supposed to look like they're all far off in the distance. You know, no, of course they're really not, but it, it works. It looks, it looks solid. Uh, I'll say the ride I was, I was mostly unimpressed by like it's, I mean, it, it's cool. Like, I mean, don't be wrong. I'm a Star Wars fan. The idea of like, Oh, I get to sit in the millennium Falcon and go on this little, you know, quote unquote mission is cool. But the actual ride, it's another simulator ride. And of course, it's going to be a simulator simulator ride. How else are they going to do it? But still, it's like, it's just, it's an overplayed, you know, attraction device, if you will, that I'm just, I'm kind of done with. <laughs> like, I don't know. The, the ride itself was, it was fine. But I think I probably enjoyed the queue into the ride more than I actually enjoyed the ride. Like, when you, especially when you're in the part, like, you're walking around in the Falcon that's pretty awesome but the ride itself i'll say this though you you know you guys have both talked about how like there's different positions when you do the ride there's six people in the cockpit and you got two pilots two gunners and was it two engineers and i was a gunner and at least from my perspective as a gunner it definitely seemed like to really enjoy you needed to be a pilot that was my perspective So I was tempted to do the ride a couple more times to try to be a pilot. I didn't. I only rode it the one time. But if I was going to do it again that day, that was just because. I was like, all right, I I at least maybe want to see if it's better as a pilot. Because it kind of gave me that impression that it seems like it was more fun as a pilot. But but yeah, the area is awesome. 
like it's it's impressive so that's that's my quick my quick recap i won't go into it too long since you guys have already talked about it a lot nothing about merchandise or food or i mean you know i i did do the cantina yeah uh, um, our experience included uh, seeing a preview of the cantina, and it's awesome. It's seems very small. Did you go into the cantina at the one at Disneyland, Yasha? I did, and you know, to echo what you're saying right there is just it is much smaller than what I was expecting. I was expecting a little bit more of an experience, opposed to just ordering a drink. Um, they didn't have any food there. I don't know if they had food for you I, they said that they had some sort of like appetizer munchy like nuts or something like that but from what i saw i didn't see anybody doing that it was just basically standing room only for the most part unless you had a really big party then you, you might be lucky enough to have a table surrounding the bar um but it was relatively small small it was really cool and it's something that you can do maybe once and be okay i don't need to do that again for like the next you know maybe five or ten years yeah no it, it i thought it was awesome but they were definitely you know seating us even if you're not seated like for instance we were standing at kind of a standing table near the bar yeah but we were told hey this yeah. is your table you, you know you, you can walk around but this is your spot and we were even sharing this little table with a couple other parties and yeah i mean considering how big the crowds will be in in that land and how many people are going to want to go in that cantina it, it kind of blows my mind they didn't make it like double the size it is cuz i mean this is also yeah. like they're not they're not needing to keep it like uh movie accurate for like the cantina from a new hope this is a whole nother cantina this is a whole nother world that they've created it's like they could have made it basically whatever size they wanted to make it <laughs> you know obviously land is an issue or in space but it seems odd that they didn't make it bigger because it it felt too small i gotta imagine it's gonna be i don't know what it was like when you went to get in there but at least here at Disney World, I gotta imagine it's gonna be like a long line. It's gonna be gangbusters. It's gonna be crazy to try to get in there. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was yeah. basically just drinks, at least for the preview. They had, uh, they did have these like little kind of snack bite things. Like a, a girl at, uh, that was sharing the table with us, she got this, this like dish and it had like, um, uh, boba, like those little balls and like mm. this jelly kind of. It definitely looked alien. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, she said we didn't obviously taste her food, but she said it was it was interesting. It was good. But and the drinks I had were good. I mean, it was a cool experience. I'm glad I got to go in the cantina for sure. But and I and I'm especially glad I got to go during the preview because now I'm like, man, I can't imagine what it's going to be like to get in here once it, yeah. once it opens for real. But uh, yeah, the I thing didn't... is, it's like you just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please go ahead. I was just going to say, is like, you just make a reservation. Like, that's really what it comes down to is like, if the, you, if you're on top of it, like even when it comes to like making a, a lightsaber, if you just make a reservation, right. like, like with the cantina, I made the reservation. We showed up at the reservation. We got in pretty much 15 minutes into the reservation. Like they made us wait a little bit for the line, but for the most part it was, you know, you show up and then they walk by, they check you in and like, okay, give us just a minute. And then they start walking you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. it is small, but it's like I mean, and the drinks were fun. There was they had this one drink where it actually made your lips numb, which was kind of fun. But oh yes, I heard about that. But, yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird and kind of bizarre. But it's like, and they do look alien, so it is kind of fun to have that experience. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just like I honestly like I'll go with other friends that have never done it before. You know, if like, hey, you know, when you find out before, you just make the reservation and then you can basically show up and and just go in. No big deal. Yeah. And the shopping was cool. Like, it was still, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because it was still very much in the, the maiden voyage of when we when it first opened, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. It, but that's like what lasts a year or something like that. So it's just a couple of months and they had just lifted the. uh you know, the restrictions of like, oh, anybody to get into the tomorrow, to Galaxy's Edge has to have a reservation. So I was like, you know, it was crowded. But if you had a reservation to get in there, I can't imagine what it'd be like if you didn't have the reservation and you just tried to go put your name in. That's when I think it would be a little crazy. But if you do a little research and just make the reservation, it'll put you in a much better place. Right. 
But uh, yeah, the shopping there was cool. I mean, I didn't really buy anything when I was there, but the stores were cool. Uh, there was a lot of, I mean, yeah, as a Star Wars fan, a lot of cool merchandise that if I had a lot of money to throw around, I would have bought some stuff. If you're a cosplayer, there was this whole store of like movie accurate costumes. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you were, have been like laboring, like, man, I'm going to make my own Jedi robes and all this stuff. I mean, that's great. But you, you could walk into this place and buy like movie accurate Jedi robes, a movie accurate Ray costume. I mean, yeah, it's not cheap. It was expensive, but, right. but it was nice. It's nice quality stuff. I will say it's, it's of course hard not to compare like, Galaxy's Edge to like Wizarding World of Harry Potter over at Universal since they kind of seem similar in that they're creating this world from the movies and being mm-hmm. very accurate about it. And one thing I, I, I wish that Galaxy's Edge had that Wizarding World does is, you know, it, it's cool in Wizarding World how you can buy, you know, these magic wands, which interact with stuff throughout the area. And they are, you know, relatively speaking, affordably priced. You know, someone yeah, like, what, like 50, 55 bucks. They're about 50 for bucks for a wand, which it's you not know, bad if it's a souvenir and you're to use it and play with it while you're there. Right. And they're nice. You know, yeah, if you're a Harry Potter nice. fan, you know, you get home. I could see you put it on a little stand. They sell the stands yeah. to display them on. But, you know, basically the, the, the thing that they have kind of like that here is making the lightsaber, which seems awesome. I didn't do that experience. But yeah. as, yeah. as we talked about on this show already, it's a $200 experience to buy that lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's not my understanding that it's going to do anything other than light up like a lightsaber like you see all the time. Pretty much. At conventions and what have you. Like, And it, it seems like it would be cool if they could have found a more affordable thing that people could do like a lightsaber and somehow use it somehow in the area. I don't know. Just, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, they have I the droid build and the droid build is better priced. I think that starts at a hundred. Yes. Um, and it's, it's my understanding. Those are pretty cool. Like the, the droids will interact with each other when they come across each other. If you use them as you're walking around, yeah. and they seem pretty awesome, but Still, those are that's a hundred bucks starting off. I get the impression you could probably spend more. Right. It sounds like certain parts could cost more. Certain droids could be more if you right. wanted something else. But yeah, it's. They, I could see them doing something where they could be like, "Hey, you know, if you do the build your lightsaber, you know, we guarantee that for the life of the lightsaber, you can always come back to this park and basically use it in different areas throughout Galaxy's Edge, and it'd be like you get to use the Force. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like make things levitate or i don't know like it just seems like something could be done right universal pulled it off why can't yeah i know disney i know that disney can it's not even like oh could they it's no i know they could for fact like they do things like that already basically with some of their shows and the interactive things they do with like lights and other stuff like i know they can do it anyways so but overall the the area is awesome i mean it's funny because the cast member previews are going on right now and a lot of, you know, the people that, you know, you and I know, mm-hmm. Michelle, we know a ton of people that still work at the parks yeah. or people that know people that work at the parks. And, you know, I don't know how it is for you, but me scrolling through my Facebook feed or or Instagram feed, I'm seeing tons of other people post pictures from Galaxy's Edge as the previews are yeah. happening. And I see a lot of reaction like just that it's like a mind-blowing experience oh for they're everybody. all saying it's holy shit amazing and and i'm a pretty diehard star wars fan and uh, don't get me wrong i think it's great and i can't wait to go back i'm very interested to go yeah. back but i part of me feels a little disappointed that i didn't have that experience i honestly didn't walk into it and feel like oh my god this was incredible like i actually met i did see someone there that works in the area that I know and they mentioned that they've teared up a couple times and I'm like I that's awesome really I I'm that's fantastic but I'm like I I just didn't have that experience my other problem though and I know you had this same experience Michelle it's it's August in Florida it's hot as balls out there it was hot as shit when I was there and you know we had a we had a four-hour window and I was fully expecting I'm like you know what this is my four hours I'm gonna look at every little thing I'm gonna spend four hours here but that definitely did not happen it was just too fucking hot I only wound up doing two of the four hours then I was like I'm good I'm sweaty things are sweats rolling in places I'm I'm okay I'm, I'm good 
and there were some experiences that didn't seem like they were happening. Like you could tell, like the, I think you mentioned Yasha, like the Kylo Ren ship. And I think Kylo Ren comes out of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you could see that the kind of a stage yeah, set up yeah, there. Yeah, I was talking about, yeah. And you were talking about that. Yeah, they They're weren't, they didn't seem to be doing anything yeah. there. And yeah, there was some kind of people walking around in character. Like you had the two stormtroopers I came across and I saw Ray. And that reminds me, too, that was one thing I felt like would be cool in the cantinas if you had at least some kind of, as Disney calls them, like street atmosphere kind of characters yep. in the cantina, like aliens, like, yeah. I'm here to drink. Like That'd that, be amazing. That would kind of add something to experience. And I, at least during the preview, I didn't see anything like that. That would be cool. But I'm looking forward to the other ride opening up. I think it's what, Rise of the Resistance? I'm very much looking forward yeah. to Rise of the Resistance opening. I think that's really going to sell me on this because I yeah. really liked my experience, but I'm with you. Like, I was kind of like, I like it. I think it's really, I think the detail is spectacular. I'm really impressed with what they did with that. But overall, I feel like, like when I walk into Wizarding World at Universal, like I get a little feeling inside of me every time. I'm not even kidding. It's really sad. Like I get this little like, almost like butterflies in the stomach, but not quite as strong. It's like this little like childlike, like fizzle of glee that goes through me every time I go over there. Mm. And I didn't even get that this first time going into Galaxy's Edge. Like, I was like, oh, didn't like, I didn't get all like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know exactly what I was missing. I was missing that. And that kind of bumps me out. I think the other thing, though, that Wizarding World has, another thing that they have over Galaxy's Edge is that Wizarding World is recreating basically specific sections and areas in the books and the movies. Like That's true. Hogs, That's true. That's true. You have a, a connection to them. You have a connection to Hogsmeade. That's you have true. a connection to Diagon Alley. You have a connection to that train that takes you between the two, at least right. out here in, in the Orlando parks. You know, here, Star Wars is such a huge universe. They didn't, you know, they didn't cre- recreate, like, Jabba's Palace or something. You know, I'm just throwing, throwing out a random example. You know, they created a new area. That's now canon. Batu is a canon it location is, in is, Star yeah. Wars, but this is not. This is new. And don't get me wrong; it looks very Star Wars. Like it's yeah, the only thing you're really Star connected Wars. to is the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it kind of lacks that too. It's not I'm like you're you. walking into you. Naboo and you're like, "Oh my God, look at this!" Right, 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 right. <laughs> anyway, so so what else is new? What else is new? Uh, you saw Hobbs and Shaw, Yasha. We talked about it last episode. Bobby saw it. At least I, he was the only one that had seen it. Michelle yeah. and I still have not seen it. But what did what did you think of it, Yasha? You know, I liked it. I don't know if I liked it because I like The Rock and I like Jason Statham and Idris Elba. But I felt like the movie was probably about 30 minutes too long. Like, it just seemed needlessly long and drawn out and almost to the point of corny. Like, the climactic scene was just kind of like, eh, okay, maybe, but, you know, like, I'll bite. And, you know, obviously we're suspending reality quite a bit with this show. The one-liners that some of the char- that Idris Elba had was really not great. The same thing with The Rock. Like, some of his lines were just really, really not um copacetic i guess you could say but it's just kind of like well i guess this is okay i i mean it's very clearly i I, you know it's like i i didn't even stay i heard there's another scene at the very very end and i did not stay for that and that's my fault like i thought they i didn't think that they would do that but they very much clearly guess even without doing that set it up for like another movie i don't think we need another one of these franchises going because i i don't think that they're getting better as they progress i just think they're staying the same or just being corny for lack of a better way of saying it they're great for i guess the teenage guy and girl on a date people that love the rock and stuff like that you know i that want to support it um i found the storyline convoluted i found it kind of corny i found it cheesy i found it over the top um and like I like finding all these negative things to say about it, but it's like, yeah, all right, I'm I'm still, I'm still digging it because you know it's The Rock and I I like The Rock and I'll support his work because I think he's fun, and I like Jason Statham's work so I'll support his work and I I think he's fun, um, but I, I, overall I mean on a scale of one to ten it's probably like five, at the best you know like, and what I thought it was is like you know it's definitely something you don't need to go see you could probably watch it on home on HBO. 
and get as much out of it then as you did would in the theater. And that's a shame because like I said, I, I like the rock and I like to support his work, but it's like, I mean, it was, it was almost as corny and kind of cliche as like skyscraper. Like, and I watched skyscraper and I'm just my fucking God, what is this nonsense? And that's pretty much what you get with this movie. So it's just, it was just okay. Like at the very best, like a little too long because it was over two hours long. And that's a long time to sit through a movie where you're just like, yeah, this is, long, this is okay. That's a long time for that kind of movie. That's a long time for me to sit through a skyscraper level film. Yeah. I, yeah. I watched Skyscraper at home on video and I was like, dude, yeah. Like, I knew what I was getting into. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, yeah. no surprises. It was that kind of movie. But still, even even with that mindset, it was still, it was too much for me. I'm like, right. nope, this... That that's kind of what I figured Hobbs and Shaw was going to be like too, so it's not surprising here. But yeah. definitely not like man, I, mean, I got to like see said, this in a theater. No, no, I think, and I went to go see it. I think when it was uh, uh, Shannon and I went to go see it before it was uh, uh, twelve o'clock, I think. So, so yeah, it was cheap to see. Um, I definitely don't know if I would. You know, recommend to anybody to go and see it um, right in the theater. But I'm surprised to see that it's doing so well. <laughs> uh, but good for The Rock, good for Jason Statham. Um, but again, like I'm, like I'm, I think that they've totally jumped the shark with these Fast and Furious movies, and I think they're just ridiculous to begin with. I mean, I said this the other day to some friends that I was talking to. It's like, I'm confused as to when these people became these special ops black, special black ops people, and they stopped just stealing cars. Right. Like, I'm so, I'm so lost on that fact. But, hey, you know, it is what it is, you know, with these movies. So, Well, like, I haven't, kind of- even, I haven't even seen the, the most recent Fast and Furious film because same thing. Like, I've liked this franchise for the most part, but it's gotten to the point of, okay, now it's it's beyond ridiculous now um but i haven't seen that most recent one and i haven't seen hobbs and shaw but of course from my perspective having not seen either of those movies i'm i am kind of curious i'm like so wait how is it that i can accept seeing a movie that jason statham's character is kind of like the lead in and i'm supposed to kind of like this guy but he killed han i don't understand yeah (laughs) like i i i don't know what happens in these movies that it makes him okay now I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, see, like, and I, I don't know if you guys, did, you guys, stand a chance to see the article that was released um, right when Hobbs and Shaw was coming out. That when I guess the director or producer for the movie said justice for Han is coming, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, he did kill Han. So yeah. <laughs> just like you know, I like I had to remind me of it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, hopefully we can have this turn back to him being kind of a bad guy and go that form and that that format but i don't think they'll totally do that um i i'm completely enamored with how they can they continue to get these major major actors and actresses to be a part of this franchise like it's it's almost like vin diesel is just pulling out all the stops he's like fuck it throw the money at him we'll get him in here and we'll just make it that much cooler like i mean Helen Mirren is in this mo- these movies. Charlize Theron is in these movies now. And they signed, like, multiple deals. And it's just, like, it blows my mind that these major Hollywood actors and actresses are still like, yeah, let's do this franchise. Like, when Jason Statham popped up at the end of the one of the movies when Han was killed, I was like, that's awesome. Like, I love that guy. Can't wait to see what he does. And now he's kind of, like, this good guy type of role character, you know, anti-hero-ish. Right. So it's just kind of like, you know, what's the what's the play here? What's the plan with that character? Um, I mean, you know, I'll watch them, but they have. They've gotten to be so over the top and so ridiculous that you're just kind of like, I don't know about this. This is like, it's crazy. But, you know, like it's I'll still watch it, you know, and, and check it out, especially for the review. So it's it's you know, it is what it is. Well, Michelle, what have you been watching? going on not i have i haven't watched a lot of new stuff the only new thing i could say i really watched was um i watched this movie called ode to joy and it released back on friday in theaters but then it also was on demand okay 
So I wound up watching it on on demand. And um, if I'll quickly because I was gonna say I'm sure most people are like, wait, what? Yeah, what's film? A, yeah, you had it, to remind me when we talked about this it's, for a show. It's a little rom com, um, and it stars Martin Freeman, Morena Bacarin, Jake Lacey, and Melissa Rauch. So those are the main people in all this. And basically, I'll just read that IMDb capture real quick. So Charlie, Martin Freeman's character, suffers from cataplexy. It's a symptom of narcolepsy that causes sudden bouts of paralysis whenever he experiences extremely strong emotions, in particular, joy. He develops a very a variety of techniques in order to deny himself too much pleasure or happiness, but they're put to the ultimate test when he falls in love. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, well, because why wouldn't he? Right. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing the trailer thinking, oh, this could be a really cute movie. And like, I was hanging out with my mom and my dad for the weekend. And my mom and I were just looking for something to kind of put on, you know. And I was like, hey, there's this movie. It's also going to be on demand. Do you want to just get it for tonight and we'll watch it? She's like, yeah, sure. I was like, great. Something new. Nobody's seen it. Whatever. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really cute, but I mean, it's not like it's anything amazing. It's like an extremely, extremely well done Netflix film. Like it didn't need to be released in theaters. Uh, I don't think I'm not trying to be mean. It's just, I, it was cute, but it wasn't like anything amazing as far as like rom-coms kind of go comedy, you know? Um, I thought Martin. Well, that's Freeman- funny. Cause I remember, go I ahead. remember watching the trailer for it and like, it took me a second when you said, Oh, to joy. And I was like, what is that? And, I think I thought the same thing that you did. Like, oh, that could be a really fun movie. It's almost like a serious take on a longer version of the story with Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, where he's with the narcoleptic chick. So, I mean, that could be really fun. And hearing that makes me sad. Well, I will say it's kind of like a different take on. um... Oh, God, now I can't think of it now. Uh, Cyrano de Bergerac story, basically. Like, it's kind of, in a way it is. So oh. what, what ends up happening is Charlie realizes he's in love with this woman. And I'm not giving away a lot here because it's all kind of in the trailer. Realizes he's in love with her and she basically, he keeps, you know, getting paralyzed and falling asleep and knocking himself out. So he's like, we can't, this can't be, this can't be a thing. But then he has, um, uh, what's his name? Jake Lacey's character come in and kind of step in. But he winds, and so Jake Lacey's character starts dating her, but Charlie is still interested, so he can hang out with her as long as he knows it's not going anywhere. So he's kind of around, but he's like coax, he's like, you know, trying to like help Jake Lacey stay in the relationship that they're, it's kind of, it's so it's kind of Cyrano de Bergerac-ish, you know what I mean? Like he's coaching him on how to keep the girl or get the girl, keep her whatnot and he's in the sidelines but he's the one that's secretly in love so it's like a different take kind of if that makes any sense no yeah. it totally does yeah i totally so. know what you mean what you mean by that because i mean even after seeing the trailer and you saying that it's like oh yeah i can totally see how that would work yeah so that's kind of what's going on in this film it was really cute it, it, it's a really great like hey i'm just hanging out at home tonight and i just want something on that's just different than the regular crap i normally i don't know it's a good at home movie it's definitely not theater go worthy i mean like i said it's basically an extremely extremely well done netflix film like that kind of quality but it it, but i mean i would say like it would it would be like netflix is like best quality netflix film ever (laughs) like but it's it, that's, that's that's basically what you're getting here, and I, I kind of knew that going into it. I I didn't have hu- huge expectations, but it was an enjoyable it was an enjoyable watch. I like Martin Freeman a lot. I like Marina Bacarin. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it is it is what it is. Like you know what you're gonna get when you when you go to watch this film. So gotcha. That's where I'm at. But otherwise, no, I haven't really watched anything else new. Uh, you know what? I watched a couple of other things. Oh yeah, what's up? I watched. Reign of Superman and Hush. Oh, you watched? Oh, okay. Yeah, the, I guess those came... I mean, the Reign of Superman came out a little while ago, and I watched... Um, and Hush, I think, just came out not too long ago also. And um, I didn't realize that, so I watched that over the weekend. Um, and I, you know, just to echo what I think I've already said once or twice before, DC does a really good job with their animated features yet have no fucking idea what to do with their major features in the DCEU. 
and because the movies were good. I mean, they were basically stuck to the comic books, so it's like it's the storyboards are already drawn out for you, so it's really hard to mess those up. But they were fun, you know. They were good, especially Hush. Hush was dark as hell, and it just really stayed in the same vein as to what the the, sh- the movie was and or the comic book was, and they were fun. They were good. Yeah, I mean, they've, pretty much all the DC animated stuff I've watched has been solid. I haven't seen yeah. some of the more recent ones. There was a while there where I was keeping up with them and watching every new one, but mm-hmm. I haven't watched the last few. But I've seen Hush yeah. out there. Um, yeah, Hush was really good. I watched uh, the first, I was going to say first two episodes. It was actually the first episode and a half of that new show on Netflix, Another Life. Mm-hmm. You guys seen like mm-hmm. trailers or whatever for that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the new sci-fi show on Netflix with Katie Sackhoff as a lead. And so the premise is on Earth, suddenly these there's kind of an arrival. These these alien ships or I'm pretty sure it was more than one. At least that's what it looked like in the beginning of the show. But then they seem to just focus on one um, land on Earth. And like this one creates this like large antenna out of it. It looks it looks very similar to the shimmer almost from uh that one movie <laughs> that I'm totally drawing a plank on with Natalie Portman. But, uh, Annihilation? Yes. Um, but it's got this kind of rocky look to it. But it it has this rainbow kind of shine to it. Anyway, so they're trying to figure out, like, where is it sending us? You know, what's what's it doing here? And But they can tell where it's sending a signal. So six months later, you know, Katie Sackhoff is kind of, I don't know space marine or something i don't don't know what she is but she's space navy general in the space navy and she like star trek commands a ship to go out to wherever it is sending the signal to find out what the hell is going on so that's the premise right um and you know i turn it on like basically kind of expecting almost like a sci-fi channel level of production quality which Mm -hmm. is exactly what you get yeah this show uh, I mean, right off the bat, when you see these things that pop up on Earth, the way they're kind of digitally created, it's like, oh, okay. So th- this is the production level I'm dealing with. Um, and yeah, I watched an episode and a half, and I was like, okay, yep, I'm done. I'm definitely not watching the show anymore. <laughs> I was interested enough after the first episode that I was like, okay, I could see continuing to watch this. I could use a good new sci-fi show in my life. Why not? You know, like. But watch yeah. the hell the next gen. It's fine. Oh yeah, that's basically what I've gone back to doing. Is just when those times like when I'm doing things gen. around the house, but I can't really pay attention to the TV. But I want something on Star Trek: the Next Generation. Dude, I'm telling you, it is the best background TV show to have on because I've seen them so many times, right. and I can still like get housework done, work on projects, balance my budget, and have it on, but not have to pay full attention. God bless Star Trek: Next Gen. It's the best. But yeah, this show just. No, it's a big fat no. Like, there's just aspects about it that are like they try to like brush over these little things or explain things that are just it's bad. Like, for instance, they don't wear uniforms, and it's it's mentioned at one point. Like, some there's this one guy, I think he's like an ambassador or something that's sent on the mission with them. I want to say it was his character that says something about it. And it's like one of those brush over lines of like, oh, we haven't worn uniforms in however many years or whatever. It was changed. And it just felt like this. This is our random excuse so that we can just put our, our actors and actresses in whatever clothes we want to. Mm-hmm. Especially our female Keep them yeah. sexually appealing yes, is exactly. basically what it is. Is It's keeping the sexual appeal of these characters because as soon as you put a uniform on, it's very difficult to keep that allure. Right. They, they, exactly. That's exactly how it felt. I'm like, oh, God, really? And then there were just moments halfway through that second episode when they, they have to land on this other planet on their way to the place they're going and... Uh, I, it's bad. It's funny The dialogue is just terrible. It's... I think I like went to a. I, I came over and I walked in. I think you had the last ten minutes of the first episode on, and my first reaction to you was, uh, "Battlestar Galactica," and you're like, "No, it's the new show on Netflix." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, gotcha." Well, Battlestar Galactica oh, sure. has got you know. I mean, that's a I will say very though, well regarded I show. I will say that's... though, Battlestar Galactica is much better than this one. <laughs> But no, at first glance, I was like, uh, Battlestar Galactica? 
Mm-hmm. Like you just see Katie Sackhoff. That's all you think about. That's what I mean. I went. That's what I was like. Oh, hey, look, it's Katie Sackhoff. I'm like a spaceship kind of thing. So, Battlestar Galactica. Is that what you're watching? Uh, this is nowhere. The only other uh, actor actress I recognize is uh, Selma, Selma Blair, isn't it? She plays an interesting role. Which, if really? There, if there were a reason to continue watching it, it would just be to see like where her character fits in here. But. Other than that, no, I'm, I'm good. Actually, the character that is Katie Sackhoff's husband on Earth. Oh, yeah, I know him. He um, was in... I forget his name. Oh, God, that show. The, now I can't even think of it now. Not Ruthless. It's about the... Shameless. He played the boyfriend for a few years on Shameless. Oh, the yes. The TV show Shameless. Yes. That's what I know him from. Anyways, yes. sorry. So, So yeah, you're right. I did recognize him. Other yeah, than yeah. that, a bunch of people I've never yeah. seen before. Oh, huh. So my recommendation is, excuse me, you can skip another life, move on to some other one of the other five billion Netflix shows that you could watch. You Speaking could of that, I, I had my mom start up uh, The Hunting of Hill House and I only got to watch one episode with her. So I watched the first episode with her because my mom likes scary stuff. Right. And my mom is not one that like she scares you because she likes scary stuff like that's she likes horror movies. She likes scary movies. She likes suspense. Yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, I can't believe I watched this. And she's like, well, you know, your dad hates scary things. I'm like, right, I get it. So it's cool. So I'm like, okay, you and I are going to watch this. So we watch the first episode. And the episode ends and she looks at me and she's like, you want me to go to bed after this? <laughs> she's like, I'm officially wickedly creeped out. And I'm like, really? And she's like, this is creepy as hell. And I'm like, oh, wow. And this episode isn't even that creepy. She's like, that was really, that was like hair on the back of your neck inducing. I was like, oh, honey. Hold on tight. It gets so much better. And so my, mom is, my mom is super engrossed in Netflix's Haunting of Hill House right now. And she's like, I hate this, but I love it. And I hate it. And I love it so much. It scares the shit. Like she sent me these random text days. She's like, oh, my God, this freaking show. And I'm like, I know. It's so good, right? She's like, I love it, but I hate it because it really freaks me out. It's broad daylight. And I'm like, I know. And you don't scare easily. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, no, that's that's a good Netflix show to. That's an excellent Netflix show to watch. Anyways, that was my point to that. Um, Rant. All that talk about alien invasion reminded me of one show because it sounded like you were describing something that I watched years ago and then watched the revitalization of it, but it didn't last. Did you ever watch V, David? Yeah, I watched. I watched the original V. I didn't really watch much of that new version of V. With, I did with Maureena Becker. Yes. Um, yeah, it was really good. Like I enjoyed the shit out of that. I, think, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I liked it, and I was bummed when they just took it off the air. Yeah, I think it only had it like just, two seasons, and the first season was good, but the second season really lost footing, and it was like, oh wow, this went down quick. I remember yeah, that. Just, I do remember just, watching that. Like, but it was, but it was really good, and I remember getting all cracked out on the the television show um, or the miniseries or whatever they had you know years ago in the 80s and I was homesick one day and I ended up watching and I was like oh my god this is amazing and I just watched like everything because it was like a marathon that they were doing or something like that and I just watched it from start to finish yeah I watched some of that first season but I watched I remember I loved the original as a kid yeah like, yeah yeah so I was excited so when that new version it. came out, but then I didn't keep up with it for some reason. It was so. pretty decent, though. I will mm-hmm. say, at, when it came out, at the time it came out, it was pretty decently well done. Right. And it was on a major net network, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was on Fox. I thought it was ABC, actually. I was thinking ABC, too. I think it's. I think it was ABC. Oh, maybe it was ABC. I don't know. Yeah. Either one. I just... It was on some network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did see a new movie. I saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <gasps> Ooh, I used to love reading those books when I was a kid. You know, I don't think I ever read those books. Are you serious? No. They're so, they're really good because I feel like the scary stories you tell in the dark, those are the books that you read. It's when you phase out, at least this was the time frame, you phased out of reading R.L. Stein's Goosebumps, but you weren't quite into R.L. Stein's Fear Street. Like, that's where these fall in. This is a really good introduction into like horror and scary things and things that make your hair stand up on your arm. Right. It was really good. There were really good reads. So yeah, the movie's based on the books. There were three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one I think was published. What was it? Eighty one. 
which was scary stories to tell in the dark. They were written by Alvin Schwartz. Yep. Um, which I guess he based them on kind of folklore, like real yes. like, stories. So not real him, stories, which made but creepier real. though. I right. think. Um, so the funny thing is, going into this movie, uh, I had never seen a trailer or anything for it. Oh, I yeah? I caught I want to say like the end of a trailer on on I don't know if it was on TV or where I saw this but I caught the end of something which piqued my interest and I remember I brought it up on I think the last episode and Bobby and I talked about it a little bit because I was like man after seeing that little clip now I'm interested and uh, what's his name produced it Guillermo del Toro yeah, was a producer yeah, yeah, yeah. on it so he, I guess when this was originally picked up by whoever whatever studio made this film um i guess there was talk a little bit that he yeah he was going to be a producer on it he might even direct it he, he did not direct it um i don't remember who did but um and i think he had a, his hand on the screenplay as well mm, i could see that um the yeah the director i'm not even going to try to pronounce that name andre <laughs> andre it's got the o with the line through it o, oh. over it all oh i don't know <laughs> anyway no. um so i didn't this is my way of saying I didn't really know much about the premise of this and I lot you know I was kind of expecting which I think a lot of people were expecting this too back when this project was announced that this was going to be like an anthology horror film which well, considering there's three books well not even that just that it's about scary stories I expected yeah. it to be an anthology film like we were going to get I was going to go in this movie and watch like five separate little stories or something and that's mm-hmm. not what this movie is well because yeah that's how the books are so the movie is a story about a group of kids and basically the stories are kind of writing themselves. I mean, I won't go too much into the plot and I really don't ever like doing that, but um, the movie was fine, mm. which I, I've been seeing a lot of kind of praise for it. Even like I read I listened to a review today on another podcast where, I mean, they weren't raving about it, but they were like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Like, and I don't know, like, I think one thing this movie was missing was that the, the group of kids felt like they needed a little better chemistry, almost like they were going for this kind of like chemistry of like a Goonies or Stranger Things kind of vibe. And it was not there. It just didn't. OK, like, I get that. Um, and that would have been cool if they had had that kind of chemistry or if the characters had been that kind of level of interesting. They just weren't. And yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that this movie is for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's rated PG-13. It's yeah, it's for it's for when you're like seventh grade, eighth grade. It's for sixth, seventh. It's for middle schools. What it's so. I mean, this. I'm going to admit that this might just be a matter that I'm just I'm not the, the demographic for this film. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, I, in a way, I applaud the effort. Like, it was a really good idea, and I liked the way they were trying to execute it. it. Just for me, it doesn't quite work. And some of the dialogue is pretty bad. And, you know, the sequences, the kind of scary story sequences in it are, are interesting. One in particular, the pale lady sequence, I did like a lot. Oh, the pale lady. But, and it, it did feel like how it feels in a nightmare. Yeah. Oh. It, it, genuinely felt like when you're in a nightmare and you're just like wanting to get out of a situation and you can't like that 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 sequence did work and it was my favorite but other than that it it was fine but i walked out of it going ah maybe i should have watched the trailer maybe i wouldn't have seen this (laughs) is it like and and i'm assuming does it feel i'm asking like does it feel the way the books felt now explain the books felt like a great introduction into the horror slash scary movie genre like it's a great introduction before you really started reading like deeper rl stein and or you started reading um stephen king like this is this is what you would read before like before you weren't you weren't quite old enough yet for stephen king you were like eh, maybe next year and you read these does that is that how this feels like if you were that age group demographic, like, eh, not quite ready for Stephen King, but this is a good, get you ready for it. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Because how the books are. Yeah, I guess. I mean, because it's, it's like visually it can be kind of frightening, but there's obviously nothing in terms of gore or language or anything that would right. really warrant an R rating <laughs> in these films. So in that sense, yeah, it's good for like a, 
a younger We're introducing you audience. into this genre. Uh, yeah. Just not done well. So, I mean, yeah, if you're in grade school and you're like, man, I, I want to watch a horror movie, but I don't want to see something super, super frightening. I definitely did not find this particularly super frightening. And I don't think you might, but if you've never really seen a horror film before, this might be pretty scary to you. But I, but I could see, you know, the more learning about this after I've seen it, like the idea that Guillermo del Toro could have made this film, that would have been probably amazing. It's oh, really yeah. a bummer that he didn't. Oh, yeah. Because, um, again, I applaud the effort. I liked the idea. The first part of the movie, I was digging it. And especially because it starts right around Halloween, which goes back to what I said on that last episode, where I was like, why is this coming out in August? Yeah. Why didn't they just hold out until the end of September, just, beginning of October? Just the look of some of the little bit of clips I had seen before I saw the movie, I could tell from that. I'm like, oh, man, this looks like the kind of horror movie that should There's be coming out around thing, And you're in the Halloween. cornfields. Yeah. So and yeah, the first part of this movie, it's Halloween when it's the movie starts. And I'm like, man, like I I liked like that look and feel of it. And the other thing is, too, is this movie it takes place in like 1968. And it uh, definitely makes a lot of political points in the film, which don't quite, they feel a little heavy handed, like they don't quite mix well into the story. It's okay. That's all I'll say. A little more, a little forced. Yeah, it's a little forced. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's, that's my take on scary stories to tell in the dark. It's. It's. I think my big takeaway is just not for me. And yeah, there, there's some clunky storytelling and bad writing, but okay. I mean, it, it seems like it's got an audience. And if you're the righty audience, this, I was going to say. So you. say your son was a fifth grader, and he's like, "Dad, Dad, I'm ready. I can take on some scary things. I got this." Like, would you be like, "We're going to watch this first <laughs> And then we'll see how things go. Uh, maybe. I'm trying to think if there's something else. I'd be like, no, let's let's ease you even a little more into it with this instead. But I'm gonna I might have to think about that. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm just trying to frame it in the like where the genre is aimed for, like where you if that's accurate. Maybe. Okay. I'm just Yeah. Anyway. But uh, that's that's all I was saying. I'm surprised none of us saw the kitchen, which I we, I want to see, but I didn't go to the theater this weekend. So, right. yeah, I want to see that too. I just didn't go. Like I said, I hung out with family this weekend. My mom and I watched a movie that was directed, you know, that was a direct view. So, like, I didn't go out this weekend. By the way, I still haven't watched that trailer for that new Eddie Murphy film. What is the name of that? I'm sorry, say there's a new Eddie. Dolomite Murphy film? is my name. Yeah, I sent it to the group text. That's so lazy. I'm the worst. I at least saw it. I just haven't watched it yet. Wow. (laughs) I do things all the time. I am a very busy person. Oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. I'm busy. But please inform. Well, I haven't seen it. Have you? Who, me? Yeah. I, I sent it. Of course I've seen it. <laughs> well, how was it? Um, uh, you know what? It looks good. It looks interesting. Um, I'm I'm hoping that I think it'll actually have probably a little bit more of a serious tone also, but it, it is a comedy. A lot of comedy big heads are in this movie. Um, Keenan, uh, Keenan Michael Keen is, is I think his name. Um, he's in it. I, I'm drawing a blank from all the other all the other actors in it, but there, Titus and, uh, are, is in it as well. There's a lot of big comedy heads in this movie, and it looks like it could be really, really funny. Um, it's based on the true story, I guess, of Rudy Rudy Ray Moore, who played Dolomite in uh, Black Ploitation films back in the 70s. Uh, he was trying to be a comedian, and he basically set himself up to be an icon when it came to being uh, this character Dolomite in movies and he wanted to be an action hero but he wasn't necessarily action hero shaped meaning he was a little they call it um, squishy I guess in the, around the middle in the movie uh, the trailer I should say 
And uh, Eddie Murphy looked like he's a lot of it is, you know, kind of vintage Eddie Murphy acting kind of silly and, you know, being outlandish. But honestly, that's who the character was. That's who Dolomite was. So this could end up being a really, really strong resurgence for Eddie Murphy and a lot of these other major um, um, black comedians that are in this movie. It looks like it could be funny. So when is that scheduled to drop? I don't have the date on me right now. I don't remember what the date uh, was. I think it's September. Right. Okay. I'm looking, but in the meantime. And it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a Netflix film too, or going to be released on Netflix. Okay. That would make sense some, if it was September. Like, I was going to say, wow. Whew. Um. I'm still trying to find a date. Oh, it's cool. I I just see 2019. I don't see a date. So, I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'm going to throw out some things that piqued my interest in news this week. Because I feel like it wasn't that crazy of a weekend as far as news goes. But uh, Netflix uh, gave out the announcement for The Crown Season 3 returning on november 17th baby mark your calendars thanksgiving is gonna be all about hanging out in the uk at the crown what yes. you're, a little, you're a little excited about that no yeah a little, a little excited about that <laughs> like oh come on the crown was so good those first two seasons were so good i'm super excited for this third season we have a new cast coming in because it's a new era of that of the uh, the, the British royalty family. I, I'm oh, it's, I'm so excited. No, I, you know I love that show, but <clears throat> we're gonna celebrate Thanksgiving by watching a show set in the UK. It's gonna be awesome. Super excited about the British monarchy. It's gonna be great. What else is going on, Michelle? Um, what else is going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, so. The Bourne series, like Jason Bourne, you know what I mean? Yeah. The Bourne. Oh, wow. There is no connotations with that. Go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched it, so I need to watch it. it all. <laughs> Go ahead. I haven't watched it, but I am curious to watch it. But I guess there is officially a first look at the USA Network's spin-off on the Bourne series. This sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Entitled Treadstone. And I'm out. Okay. <laughs> um no, I'm just saying like I love I I love the Bourne series. I really do. I I love the first three Bourne films. The fourth one, Jason Bourne, it, it was it was fine. But man, I I oh, I, I have I a was- soft spot for the Bourne series. I was going to say the fourth one was trash. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it was not great. But the first three, yeah, I'm all on board. Like, they were so, so good. Right. Um, let me see, see, I'm one of those few people, I think, that actually enjoyed the, was it the Jeremy Renner one, right? Wasn't that the spinoff one? Yeah, that was that another was- one. I didn't see that one. Oh, I guess I'm talking about the fifth one then, the one that's actually entitled... Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne. Okay, see, I so never saw I, that one either. See, and I never saw the Jeremy Renner one. I should watch the Jeremy Renner one. I never saw that one. Well, I liked it for what it was. Yeah. Okay. I, I should watch that one. Um, and then what else piqued my interest? Oh, oh, Lord of the Rings. Did you see how many episodes the first season is going to be on Amazon? Twenty like something. Twenty episodes. It's like normal network show length. That's freaking amazing. It's like when you're watching Star Trek The Next Generation over and over again, and you're like, I, I was thinking this the other day as I had it on, and I'm like, these were hour-long, shot-on-film, produced yeah. shows. Yeah. And they were like 22-episode seasons. I'm yeah. Like, oh it was expensive, oh baby. God. Yes. I'm, I was like, holy crap, 20 episodes? That's, that's no joke. And then this, this is my, I'm kind of sad. Legion, the show Legion officially aired its last episode. Yeah, no, we knew season three is done. No, I knew that, but I'm just saying, like, oh, it's come to an end. Yeah. The end of the three. And I'm still behind on that. I don't want to admit. But, um, yeah. And then, yeah, that's what I got for news that I was interested in. I will put it that way. 
Well, with that, wait, the Little Women trailer. You didn't even talk about it, Michelle. I'm surprised. You've got you've got five minutes. Do this. Five minutes. Okay. So I, big nerd. I love Little Women. I've I read that book probably four or five times in my life. Why would you bother reading it? You could watch the the myriad of different versions. And I have. I've seen black and white versions of of the story of of these wonderful March women. It's got to be the most. There, has there been more adaptations of a book than that? It's got to be the most. I don't know. I'm gonna like, have to look at like, it. That's why I said, like, I don't know if there's a reason for me to watch this trailer because I've seen so many different adaptations of it. I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. Well, when I heard Greta Gerwig was doing this, like off a ladybird, which was fantastic. And then it was like, oh, she's doing a little women. And here we are, Michelle. I can tell you're like, you're ready. You're ready to pounce. I'm so ready. (laughs) So ready. I'm just like, really? Like, man, this is such a, a talented new director. She could just do all this, these an interesting original work and she's remaking little women <laughs> it's a passion project and that's, David. and that's great and I, I'm not knocking this it's a passion I'm, project that's gonna bomb <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle why should I go see Greta Gerwig's version of Little Women okay, yeah, so- I wish I could see your face right now so I can almost hear you saying fuck off Joshua over the phone that you're actually saying thing. <laughs> uh, okay so for one I will say every re-adaptation of this story has appealed to a generation in which it was produced in and I say that because everybody kind of has their own little twist on this like I can tell immediately from this trailer it is very much in our current state of resurgence of feminism and the strength of of where I think women are as a whole in the world, how we're really going, okay, you know what? We're, we are tired of having labels. We are tired of having everything thrown upon us. And, and that's where we're at. And you can see that's what's coming through with this in the trailer almost immediately. You know, the, if you know anything about the story, the main character is Joe March, right? He's the second born of the four daughters. And immediately, you know, and that's who, uh, Sorce Ronan's playing her, um, character. And immediately she's like, you know, why is it the woman's role has to be dictated by falling in love and getting married? Why? Why is this the end of my story? Why do I have to get married? Why do I have to be with a man? Why does this have to be what's going on? Like, that's literally almost how the whole trailer plays out is it's trying is her trying to understand her role in her world. So it's a take on, I think, more in that, you know, empowering women kind of way. And the, the book always kind of had that as a low writing kind of th- subtle thing. But I feel like every time I see a different version of this, there's a different kind of like resurgence of, of certain like aspects of the story. And that's exactly where this one's going for sure. Like there's no doubt about it. I, I, I honestly like I think it's the most refreshing way I could see some of the script coming through and the writing. I'm I'm excited to see Sorce Ronan, uh, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet. Um, you're also looking at Laura Dern, who's playing the mom, who's playing Marmy, and then Meryl Streep's playing Aunt March. Like these are big, big names in Hollywood right now, and so I'm super curious. I gotta see it. I think it actually looks really good. That's where I'm at with it. So yeah. I I watched the trailer. It looks interesting. <laughs> I did not, uh, but I will now. I will now. Look, hear me, hear me out, Michelle. Hear, hear, me, hear me out. I'll give one out. more thing real quick. What I think is interesting about the trailer is that it shows that they, and most of the movies don't do this, but the book, there's time spent at the beach. And it's actually a really important moment between Joe and, and Beth where they're they're at the beach. The beach is a is a big part of their relationship with the sisters and it usually never gets film time so i was like oh wow look there they are at the beach which never seems to happen in most of the films so i'll put it that way okay i'm hearing you out i don't remember what i was gonna say no you do I seriously don't. <laughs> uh no i mean it, I, I guess what i was gonna say is 
yeah, I mean, the talent in the film looks solid. I mean, I like Sir Ronan. I like Emma Watson. I like Meryl Streep and everybody that's in this. I like Greta Gerwig. But I, I, to take what you're saying, Yasha, it does feel like, oh my God, another Little Woman story. Like, like but I, I will, I'm sure, see this. By the way, I got a kick out of, I was going through... I think YouTube to find the trailer and it's, it's just kind of sad when it's like you still, I think mass audiences, Saoirse Ronan, who's that? So the, the, the thumbnail for the trailer used a one of the few shots of Emma Watson and had her like as the title first actress, like starring Emma Watson, blah, blah, blah. And Saoirse Ronan. I'm like, Emma Watson says like one line in this trailer. (laughs) Like she barely speaks. Right. I mean, she's it's playing. Just funny. Sorry, side no, note. I agree with you. I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Like, it, what's really funny is even on IMDb, they have the actress who's a new actress that plays Amy March, which is the youngest of the four sisters. She's listed first and then Emma Watson and then Timothy Chalamet. Oh, and there there she is. Finally, it's Ronan. And then it's Meryl Streep, and then Laura Dern, and then whoever's playing Beth is listed down the road. I, you know, and I kind of feel bad for her. Right. It's just interesting. Yeah, I don't know. When is that coming? Up? Uh, soon. Not actually. soon enough. No. Ah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. I'll stop. I'm sorry, Michelle. Well, I will be there for Christmas weekend seeing this lovely film that drops on December the 25th, which is Christmas Day release. It's a Christmas release. Wow. (laughs) It's going to get eaten alive. It's going to get eaten alive. That is a bold move. Kevin Hart. It's it's a very bold move. It's going to get eaten alive, unfortunately. I understand why it's coming out at Christmas. There's two major scenes that take place at Christmas time. And actually the first the beginning of the book starts at Christmas time and there's another scene later down the road that's at Christmas time. So Christmas time is actually a very pivotal point in the the book itself and in other films if you've seen them. So, so I do understand that. But I will say unfortunately as far as films coming out that is the worst time to buy a movie. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they're going to get alive. I mean, they're going to get they're gonna get mopped on like they're just yeah. gonna get so taken advantage of I super uh, I'm curious to see what it's going up against go. I super agree it's right. gonna get up I mean right uh, now Jumanji, it's going Jumanji up 2. Jumanji 2 is coming out December 13th so that will have been out for oh, okay. a couple was... a week and a half at that point of course the weekend before mm-hmm. it comes out Star Wars mm-hmm. Rise of the Skywalker is coming out so that's just gonna destroy everything mm-hmm just I mean, it's hilarious it's star wars and cats coming out on the same day okay can we not go to the- <laughs> it's a lovely evening we had a great show hope everybody have a wonderful night we don't need to talk about that one um oh my god anyway like and you we, guys are like we never like, even talked about cats on no, here no i don't think we could all bring ourselves to have an adult conversation about the cats trailer <laughs> we won't get into cats it's it's been out for that trailer's been out for what a few weeks now at this point Again, I, was I don't s- think we can bring ourselves to have an adult conversation. About I was going to say real quick, going back to Dolmite is my name. Yeah, that is a Netflix film. Oh. Um, Netflix is just labeling it as this fall. The only thing we know is that it's going to have its premiere, though, at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, oh. this September. I know. So otherwise, it'll drop on Netflix soon. There doesn't seem to be a date. Coo. Coo, coo, coo. With that, unless you guys have anything else. Anyone? Anyone? No? Well, we're going to get out well, of here. Well, you know, I was hoping that Michelle could give us a little bit more synopsis take on Little Women, because I just never tire of hearing about it. Huh? I, I'm okay. going to bear the brunt of the wrath, Yasha. Thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even said it. Is <laughs> just glaring at the microphone, just like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. I feel like we had enough know, listeners. We would get a lot of you and I would get a lot of hate mail probably for what we've been saying about Little Women. I don't think you'd hate mail. I don't know. I, I, I'm not knocking Little Women, but I've never. I've never I'm not even going to say it. Whoa, no, 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 no! What were you going to say? 
I've never seen an adaptation. I just won every <laughs> argument. If you know. This, this is like Christmas. It's a no wonder it's coming out on Christmas Day. It, this is Christmas right now. You can right have right zero judgments on this film. You haven't even seen any of the other adaptations. And I know you haven't read the book. So No, I haven't read the book. Then, I mean, of course, oh. when, I think of, when I think of Little Women, I think of the Winona Ryder one, right? Which That's is what comes to which mind. Which is a really good one, by the and way. And I want to say I've seen. So I think I've seen chunks of that. It's just for whatever reason, anytime I've seen a trailer for, you know, an adaptation of this, it's just a story that's just not spoken to me. And I mean, maybe sadly that's because I'm a guy and I'm not. It's probably because you're right. And I'm not saying that to be a douche. Like, I'm not at all like, I don't know, begrudging anyone for liking these movies, these movies in the book. I mean, it's probably a fantastic story. The fact that it's been adapted so many effing times, it makes me go, man, maybe I should read this book. (laughs) Like. Why? Why does it keep getting remade and remade? And anyway, but yeah, I just go back to my first reaction when I heard that's what she was making next after Lady Bird. I'm just like, what? Really? I, I will agree with you in that that's what she's making after Lady Bird. After the wonderful success she had with that, you feel like almost like oh, she needs to have another new original idea premise and that would be spectacular do that and then maybe for her third film like major film I'll say I s- you know do your passion project so in a way I get I totally get what you're saying like I do but at the same time I also admit that maybe this is a good move because we have seen that a lot where a director makes a fantastic film it's like a first film of theirs and everyone is like oh my god what are they going to do next make it here take all the money make another film and they don't make a great movie after that and they never do and maybe it's because that was the one movie that really they had to get out and they got it out. And just because they made one fantastic film doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make a bunch of other fantastic Very films. Very true. So maybe this is a good move that she's moving on to an adaptation of something next. And, it might be. And then she will have something when she's ready. But Very of true. course, my first reaction, though, was, oh, God, really? Come on. Do we need another one? And the sad part is, is now you don't have a leg to stand on because you haven't even seen one of them. No, I haven't. The answer is yes, David. We need another Little Women. We (laughs) We need more of these films. (laughs) Again, I state, I feel like every time there's an adaptation, it speaks to a new generation of of young women or men. And they might be getting a different message than, say, the generation prior to them and the generation prior to them. And that's the only thing I can say to that. I feel like there's a... Okay. I'm done. I'm not going to keep going. I don't want to keep going. <laughs> yeah, we, need, we all need to go home. We, we need to go. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to wrap things up. As always, we'd love to hear back from everyone listening. You can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at flicker underscore effect. And with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Yasha Wilson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.